This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The first East Anglian derby of the season, the first East Anglian derby since 2019, ends all square. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It was Zipsroots Town 2, Norwich City 2 in the East Anglian Derby. I'm going to start off. I'm going to make a statement because I know you love it when I make a statement. It has been an absolute sewer on social media today. We have a brilliant football team. If you can remove the emotion from yesterday, we have a brilliant football match to talk about. If you want to use your free speech right to be David Brent singing Born to Run after Chris Finch has thrown a pair of shoes over a building because that's the real quiz, then go ahead, be my guest. But maybe that might be best saved for Twitter where there's already 20,000 examples of people doing that. There you go. Right. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. I've said my piece. I'm just a bit exhausted with it all, Dave. What a day yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, always was going to be, you know, with a massive build-up and the coach greeting and everything else that's been building up pretty much for the last week, but certainly after the last game against Watford. Um, but as we'll no doubt get on to later, I think that any sort of slight disappointment personally that I had was certainly tempered later on by the uh, by the Leeds result. So that did help. That really did sort of soften any blow of not getting the win yesterday. But um yeah, as you said, Ben, for the neutral, quite a game. Joe, a great occasion. And as much as I was feeling a bit sick for the 30 minutes before the game, great to have it back. Yes, and it'd be even better to have it back if we could finally get one over then, wouldn't it? But no, great occasion. And like I say, the day turns out to be a good day, doesn't it, when you look at the results around and you look at the position we're in. 100%. It is a positive message here from the Blue Monday podcast. If you're watching live, uh, make yourself known in the chat. If you're listening after the fact, we appreciate the hell out of you. And we do invite you to come and join us each and every Sunday at 8pm. We'd normally go straight into the teams, Joe. But just talk to me about the arrival of the coach. Ignore, please, 
the car behind the coach. I can't be bothered to talk about that because that's been another point scoring issue. But great scenes again, like the Exeter game um, pre-match, Joe. Yeah, sadly, I was just limited to videos, but my wife and son were there, so I had quite a few photos and videos. It looked amazing, the noise generated. And as I know, a few people are a little bit down on doing the idea for a league game, but ultimately it was done because Wes Burns mentioned it in an interview that he would have said it would be good if we could get that again. So the fans delivered what the players wanted. So it was good, great atmosphere. And I think it's great just for the kids to see the town like that. It's, it's so busy, isn't it? And everything about the football club is just, going one way at the moment and we're all just enjoying the ride and that, that's part of it well done to blue action like i said they really really make a great scene there with that don't they how they organize it i love it dave great scenes before the game yeah it was me personally i wasn't really bothered either way to be fair i thought are we making a bit of a rod for our own back here but you know having subsequently you know having seen the the scenes as joe said you know it was just um yeah incredible funny enough there was a guy i was in the ground beforehand till about i don't know 12-ish perhaps and one of the lads had clearly been there and um and ran back and and sort of jogged back up to have a beer at the ground and then jogged, went, went back again and he <laughs> smelt like a bonfire i mean i think he was right amongst the pyros there i mean crikey it was um yeah it's pretty special and walking down walking down i got dropped off and i walked down through christchurch park this must have been about quarter past 11 something like that and you just you could just hear it reverberating all around the town it was incredible really fantastic um right let's get into this then norwich city <laughs> the lesser spotted visitors at Portman Road. Um, and Joe, it's the the A-team here, Fadke in goal. It was only really, is it going to be Clark? Is it going to be Williams? I've got to say, Joe, after the Preston game, when we did the live show, I was 100% it will be Brandon Williams at this point. But things have kind of changed in, in the meantime. And after the Watford game, which um, I think all three of us were at, weren't we? It looked fairly certain it was going to be Harry Clark. Uh, Wolfenden comes uh, back in over to Anzabi, Burgess, Davis, Longo and Morsi, Burns, Chaplin, Broadhead, Hurst. Um, much to say about that, Joe? Fairly predictable, really? Yeah, I think it was probably the easiest team to predict all season, wasn't it? I think most people have got 11 out of 11 when they were looking at that one. And it was I the got, right team, yeah. I got 11 out of 11 on the fan hub app. For once, Joe, for once, for goodness sakes. Um Dave, where's my screen? There we go. Norwich, Angus Gunn in goal. Once a £10 million goalkeeper, I believe. Um, Jack Stacey, a podcast favourite from the early days, Shane Duffy, Dave. Remember him? Him of the the OG, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, Kenny McLean um, is a central midfielder playing centre-back. Sam McCallum in late in the day over Janoulis at um, left-back. Uh, Foot Mob has got that as a 4-2-3-1. It really wasn't. It was a very kind of tight 4-3-3. In it was the more end. like a 9-0-1. Not, not <laughs> yeah, well, he, he didn't heed my well, words. Last, last half hour it was, that's for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, Sarah and Nunes, uh, Rowe and Saints, Wide, Ashley Barnes and Adam Eder. Uh, thoughts on that Norwich team, Dave? Um, not too many thoughts, really. Um, I think, as Joe said, they certainly set up to um, they certainly set up to um, at least get a point, which ultimately, spoiler alert, they uh, they obviously they obviously achieved. Um, 
Yeah, odd. No one really. Uh, uh, do you know what? Uh, again, I'll save this for after, but they quite disappointed me, really. I, I, I really thought they were going to be. I know they had a greatest this season, sort of lost as many games as they've won and conceded loads of goals. But to me, they didn't really have a lot. Really didn't. And, well, we'll, we'll get on to that. But, yeah, I, I, look, I, I couldn't have chosen their side. But how, how did you get on? Did you have a go at choosing their side or not? I wouldn't have had a clue, to be no, honest. No, um, no, to no, be not honest, a Dave. Not a um, but... I did have a clue, Joe, after three or four minutes looking down from the Pioneer, uh, um, uh, a very tight, very compact strategy, going to sit behind the ball. Fair play. I'm a bit higher than Dave. I do think the times when Nunez and Sara came to receive the ball and they actually showed some intent to play, you can see this is a year two parachute team with, you know, good technical players that. should be able to go toe-to-toe with us. But, and I'm not getting into the slide digs, I think this is an objective fact, Joe, and it's a big compliment to us as a newly promoted League One team, that it was very much, I'm going to sit in, sit behind the ball, try and get some crosses in, try and get some the big guys up for set plays, a few long throws into the box and manage, manage the game that way. And that was apparent to me after three or four minutes, Joe. Yeah, it was almost like one of those League One games last year, wasn't it? The, the way they set up, they're probably it's probably the most limited setup we've had against us this season at Portman Road. The team that's come to to do the least, sort of in an attacking sense, and I'd say they didn't even do it very well, really, in the first half, did they? With how much we were still able to create, considering how much they were sitting back. But no, it was a. Uh, I think without sort of being a dig at Norwich, it's it's a bit embarrassing, really, isn't it? That that's a sort of a team still in receipt of parachute payments is coming away to a newly promoted side and having to play like that. It sort of just shows how far we've come as a side that we are now a top, top championship side, aren't we? And they are very much a team probably about to go into tr- sort of into transition again, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a nod to us, really, isn't it? It surely is a, a you know a, a real nod nod to us and the, and you know and the start we've had. Um, whether whether any of that any whether that had come to us anyway without the um, whether that had come to us anyway um, had had they not been on the back of this fourteen year um, you know not non losing run and played any differently, I don't know. There you go, um, and. Um... Joe, I thought we played really well for 25 minutes, and um, we are in a we are in a moment, or certainly since Valentine's to February the 15th, where we've we've won every one of these games where we've kind of played well, and um, uh, for once the um, finishing, I think Nathan Broadhead's two shots were about a. Com- I've watched them both back now. We're about a combined foot. If you had the, the distance together, I mean, you've had a great view. Um, Round that um, left-hand post of Angus Gunn, Wes Burns wow. slashed one wide. And for once, uh, we weren't clinical, Joe. No, and especially Broadhead. Because he, he missed that big chance against Coventry, wasn't it, Last in the last game where he went through on goal and just dragged it wide. And this one, it's difficult to criticise because he makes a chance for himself out of nothing, doesn't he? He's on the edge of the box. His body's going. He does it absolutely brilliantly. But, but from the moment it leaves his foot it looks in and then it just goes the wrong <laughs> yeah. side of the post mm. the second one sort of watch that back on the tv and it's it's a more difficult chance than it looked at the time it goes why but you think you've got to score one of those even the wes burns chance where he fires that over he should have he should have hit the target there and he normally does he's normally a very sort of composed in those situations but doesn't but the goal finally does come from 
the corner, second phase from the corner, isn't it? Where George Hurst does sort of brilliantly and, well, Luongo first wins the first header back in. George Hurst sort of nods it down to Broadhead, who smashes it home. He couldn't miss that one. And that's now six assists for the seasons for George Hurst. And it was a felt a big moment and it, and it was fully deserved to, well, more than deserved it was, wasn't it, at that stage? What's your take on the first sort of 25? I don't know, can't exactly tell you what time the, what the goal was. Dave, oh, 34 in the end. Just just talk, talk me up to the goal and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, what Joe's had it's to one say. of those, in it, as Joe quite rightly said, you know, as everyone said, you've missed those three good chances. I mean, the first one, what they call guilt-edged. Well, certainly the first one was. He does so well, doesn't he? Drops his shoulder, faints. Um, to be fair, the second one, and watching it back, the defender sort of just throws himself to the ground, really. doesn't even, doesn't even drops his shoulder. He just, I don't know what, what he thinks, really. And um, and from where I am, that's in. And of course, you know, just can't believe it's just drifted wide. The second one, as Joe said, maybe he's leaning back a little bit. And again, Perhaps should put that in. And Burns, you're quite right. Usually he's going to hit those on target. That goes in the roof of the net. So, you know, and everyone around you, it's not getting anxious, but saying, yeah, we'll regret that. We'll regret that. And then you say, well, no, we won't because we'll create more, you know, obviously. And, and we did from the, you know, from the set play. But um, I think one of those one of those goals going, certainly Broadhead's first one where he beats the players, that goes in. I think that just sets the tone for the rest, for the rest of the game. And we probably be two or three up at half time, probably. Dave, we know you can score against Ipswich at Portman Road. Um, a frustrating goal. If Johnny Rowe had put it in from a brilliant cross by McCallum for the first one, you hold your hands up and say, OK, fine, good goal, well played. Um, Stacey, I'm going to quote David Diamond, just puts it in an area. Um, you know, we can... <laughs> let me finish, Dave. We can whine and moan that VAR would have probably found an inch of Johnny Rowe laying on the floor offside, can't we, but is what it is. Um, and it's a good finish at, at the back post, but so disappointing, Dave, not to be going in in the lead. It's, 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 a, bit, it's a lucky goal. It's, it's a bit lucky. Yes, he's certainly offside. It's a great cross in the first stage. You, you're so right from McCullum. Brilliant cross. So I thought played Burns certainly early on quite well. Really, really did, considering he was sort of thrown in yesterday. Um, and I suppose looking back at it, um, uh, Stacey does quite well to dig that ball out, doesn't he? Could Broadhead do more there to stop the cross? I don't know. And uh, as you see, you normally those loopy cross comes in, you think, oh, that's okay. You know, we'll we'll deal with that. Um, gets a bit lucky because the ball kind of falls into no man's land, doesn't it? And and Rose only just getting up. <laughs> it's really odd when the cross yeah. ball's sort of coming overhanging. Rose only getting up from the diving header. Um, yeah, decent effort. The sort of scissor volley. Um, yeah, yeah, the scissor volley and it just falls perfectly for him. It bounces off. I don't Wolfenden can't react. It just bounces off Wolfenden. And it is a good finish. He, again, he picks himself up again and um perhaps a lot a lot of forwards would just lash at that and lash it over, but it's quite a controlled finish and yeah, almost out of nothing. Was it pretty disappointing? But could you say bad defence? I don't know, really. It's, it's it's just a bit a bit fortunate, I'd say, that goal. And certainly from the in the second phase, Rose Rowe is offside, but yeah. Um, what what I would say to Dave's point there, Joe, when when you get moved from one side to the other, back to the other, you're never really very well set. You're kind of chasing your tail after the after the first cross goes. I suppose Roe needs some some credit. He takes a second chance well, doesn't he, Joe? Yeah, no, it's a good finish, isn't he? He's alert. It's sort of about the only place he can score and he puts it in an unsafe position. It's a good goal, isn't it? It's, to be honest. But I just I think there was an instant in the build up to it where 
it's one of those ones where the ref kept letting a lot go. And I think mm. there was a foul. And I think we just hadn't, I've replayed the advantages because he played about four advantages where we didn't really seem to have any advantage from it. And I think there was one of those in the build up to it. And we, we just seemed like we'd been knocked off our spot at that point, And we just didn't quite recover from it through the whole run. We were sort of chasing our tails through the sort of through the whole run there because of the sort of failure to award us a free kick and stop the game effectively. I think, I, w- I think McKenna was making that point to the fourth official after the goal went in, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have a problem with the referee, and especially um, given if he booked Barnes for clattering flag, he probably would have had to book Morsi for clattering Barnes later in the game, and then we would have missed him for the um, for the Leeds and and Leicester game. So um, I agree with the um, with the advantages. A couple of times I got I got frustrated. Uh, is it Joe? They always say play the occasion. Not, not the. Uh, sorry, play the game, not the occasion. It felt like he refereed the occasion, not the game, didn't he, Joe? Yeah, I think it was Jack in the Telegram group made a good point. Effectively, that like the ref was consistent. I'll give him that. Like he did yeah. the same for both sides. But I think he basically sort of Jack in the group said effectively, if if you're Norwich for this game and you want to pick the how the ref is going to ref the game, you would pick that ref there because because we're so much better than them. It gave them the sort of puncher's chance by letting more go, doing that. Where if he'd have been a very efficient referee and consistent, it would have been much more in our favour because they were the ones chasing us around most of the game, kicking us and give, giving away f- what would be fouls normally. But like I say the ref, like I say, he was consistently had a fine game, but I don't think he helped us in any way. I think it. I think that approach helped them rather than it helped us. No. Um, Dave, I, I saw you at halftime and the absolute worst possible thing that could have happened at the start of the second half. And I, I say this every time um, about George Hurst. He's in Ipswich Town folklore now after the goal against Barnsley, but he's caught turning his back, watching the player, not the ball from not even a very good long throw in. Rowe hits the shot nice and early, through a couple of players and through Ladke, a really poor goal, Dave, at a horrible time to concede. It's just, a, it's just a bit weak. Whether he was, it was every single set play, every single corner, the ref was perhaps talking to either him or or perhaps Wolf or whoever was up, um, and, or Emma Norwich. You know, they were, I don't think it was perhaps one corner taken yesterday where the ref wasn't saying, look, you know, wasn't going to the players and saying, look, you know, stop it i'm watching um no pulling no shoving you know no shirt pulling um and maybe do you think maybe perhaps he was a bit wary of that but you're right it wasn't it wasn't a long flat rory delap type throw throw it was like a loopy throw and um he kind of gets caught under the ball he's a bit weak isn't he? he's weak and it's um it's duffy isn't it duffy or something he even lays it down i think again they get Tad fortunate there. He just gets a bit on the ball. Again, Ro, you've got to say, really alert. First time finish. Um, slight deflection, is it, off Davis? And I think I think props to Hladke. Yes, it goes through him, but he's unsighted. One by Davis. I think Luan goes pretty much in front of him. And certainly at <laughs> so, the left corner. So is Ashley Barnes in an offside the left court corner of his eye, and Ashley Barnes, who's um, yeah, yeah, literally about three yards from goal. So I think um, yeah, VAR might well have had a look at a look at that one. But yeah, overall, yeah, really disappointing, disappointing goal. It's just yeah, I, I think Hurst is more weak than anything, really. Joe, unfortunately, it's going to fall to you to give Rose some credit again. He had four touches in our box yesterday and scored twice. Yeah, and. He didn't really do a lot in the game, did he? No, Other no than that's, the, oh, isn't that the sign of a good player, though, Joe? 
because I think there was something, I think someone noted he only completed something like three passes in the whole game. He just did not get on the ball at all. But he comes away with two goals and earns them a point. So, yeah, you can't sort of criticise him. But I think we no. played him pretty well, to be fair. It's just they didn't, he, he didn't really offer anything apart from, <laughs> apart from when it matters. But that's football, isn't it? That is very much football. Um, Joe, uh, do you want to take us up to, do you know what? I thought we scored probably, I don't want to say our worst spell of the, I thought we were huffing and puffing when we scored, I, I, you know, and, and I thought it was a really good goal and a really good finish rather than, you know, in the, in the first yeah. half, we were really taking it to them, but I don't want to say against the run of play because it wasn't, but do you, do you take the point I'm trying to make? Yeah, we, I don't, we, I don't think we played our fluent best much in the second half. There wasn't many periods where we actually had, we had a lot of decent possession in there, but they were sort of very, well, they were just so deep, weren't they, in defensive, it was hard to break down. And obviously I'm in the south stand, so it's hard to, hard to tell at that end exactly what's going on, but we didn't seem to create a huge amount. But the goal's good, isn't it? It's um, Sam Sam Morsey, as he did so many times, he really dominated that midfield yesterday. And he, he wins the ball back, doesn't he? Plays it to, to go to Broadhead first and then to Chaplin and Chaplin lays it off to Burns. There's a lot of work to do, but he takes the shot really early, does does well and sort of through the defender's leg, keeper doesn't move and it's sort of right in the corner, a brilliant a brilliant finish from Burns. And as he normally does in the big games, he, he tends to come up with goals <laughs> in the big games, doesn't he, Wes Burns? And um, we just did. And then from that point, you thought, oh, here we go. We're going to drive on from here and win the game. Sort of, it, it almost felt like after the celebration, it wasn't a wild celebration. It was almost like, come on, yep, goal. Now we go and win this sort of thing, as opposed to going mad. But I don't know, just after that, we just huffed and puffed without really... I don't think we did enough to win it from that point on, personally. No, I agree with Joe, um, Dave. We've seen Ipswich blow up a little bit in second halves at Portman Road, run out of steam, but already having put two or three goals on, on the board by the by the hour mark. So I would actually concur. And this is where, you know, if you look at, say, the parachute teams, they've got equivalent subs to, you know, to, to bring yeah. in and keep that intensity up, haven't they? But... Um, yeah, it didn't, didn't really happen in the last 30 minutes, did it? No, not really. As, as Joe said, we had a lot of good possession in there. I mean, they barely got, after we scored, they barely got out of there, let alone in our box, other than a free kick right in the end. They barely got out of their half. But look, they sat in and were compact and well organised. And fair play to them, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, through the gauntlet down to us. Okay, like, come and play through us now for the winning goal. And certainly the subs really didn't have much of an impact. I thought Hutchinson was disappointed. To be fair to him, they doubled up. I thought they doubled up and played Hutchison pretty well. We did get into good positions, but he really wasn't too wasn't too effective. And you know, really the other subs, um, you know, the other really chance, late great, as well, great, weren't they, Dave? Quite late, yeah, yeah. It's like seventy eight first one, I think, something like that. Um, uh, the only other bit of play, great bit of play from Broadhead, drops his shoulder, gets it out of his feet. That was a better save than I thought at the time. I thought, well, oh, you know, his top hand for Dave. Yeah, yeah, really, the really cameras. good save. Yeah, yeah, very, very <laughs> good save. That that's going right in the far corner. So that was a good save. But look, you know, fair play to them. They sat behind the ball and were compact and um, um, yeah, celebrated, <laughs> celebrated their point quite wildly and enthusiastically. Um, uh, at the end, yeah, I've got to say it's perhaps one of the more um, exuberant celebrations I've seen since bloody hell. West Ham beat us in the second leg of the playoffs, I think. Uh, but let's not, get, let's not get into the point scoring on. No, no, look, I know, that. and I get it. Look, I get it. I, I totally get it. You know, they're not having the, they're not really having the, the greatest of city. Well, 
well, we say they're not having the greatest of seasons. A five point, well, five points off the playoff. That was the thing for them with a, with a sort of a slight not dig at them, a slight comment about them. You know, you'd think at two two they'd have a bit more of a go. You know, they're three points off the playoffs going into it. Yesterday, you'd, you'd have thought that about a bit more of a go, but you know, obviously that that um, fourteen fifteen year um, thing um, is 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 quite highly valued. And fair play, it'd be the same if it was the other way around, I guess. Yeah, um, so, I say it's um, one of those things where you look at it and it does feel like the natural order has very much been restored oh. in East Anglia, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it was. It just felt very very different because um, let's be honest. We, we haven't had a hope in a lot of the derby games. They've no. had better teams, you know, better players than us, been sort just of either about to get promoted or just having been relegated. And, um, you know, whether it's the natural order or not is not for not for me to say. Football goes in cycles, doesn't it? And it's certainly been their cycle for a while. But it did feel nice not to be going... You know, it felt a reversal. Like Mick, I think Rich was saying in the chat there, um, Mick used to send us to Norwich like that, you know, to not give anything away and, and try and try and nick a goal. And that's six draws in the last nine of these. Joe, um, you know, these are objective facts, these numbers. At 65% possession, 2.07 to 0.81. It's 18 shots. It's two big chances. Um it's a game that normally with those numbers we win, Joe, isn't it? Yeah, like I say, we were the better side there by by distance. We are just miles better than them at the moment. I know the game ended the draw, but when you look at the two teams, we're just a level levels above them at the moment. And it's frustrating. We didn't get the win because of that. But like I say, when you look at their team and you see someone like Sarah in midfield, it costs more than our whole squad. And you hey. think, how on earth have how on earth have they sort of fallen so badly? Because they were quite it's like quite a well-run club for a number of years. Did well, came down, always looked a good side. And it's like at this t- at this point last year, they were sort of in the playoffs, and we were third in League One. And now, how on, how on earth has it turned? So we're so far ahead of them now. But he was just non-existent. I didn't even realise he was playing. I barely realised he was playing. He's got quite a, I was distinctive hair. But other than that, he was just non-existent, wasn't he? Yeah, I was expecting a lot from him. Me actually. too. Yeah, Me too. I thought by. By distance, Duffy was their best player. By I thought, distance. I thought McCallum got a bit of a going over in the first half and did really well. I think he, he's one half. that he's one that was lucky with how the referee ref the game as well, though. Possibly. I, think he, I think he was really trying to keep up with Wes Burns and struggling. I thought Duffy, Duffy, when you know, when we did get the ball in the box, Duffy was winning winning most. Um it was him that made that brilliant block. Fairly, not say early on, just before was it just before we scored from, or just before the the broadhead miss from um, Burns sort of ball across the box. Brilliant! I thought he was mm-hmm. considering. Uh, so we're giving him so much stick over the years, haven't we? Well, back <laughs> in you the day, <laughs> back in the day, yeah, when he was the own goal king, wasn't he? But no, I thought yeah, he was really good yesterday. You know, from my vantage point up in the Pioneer, the most important job I saw being done was Ashley Barnes when they didn't have the ball, mm. dropping in behind the striker, pulling mm. everyone yeah. in to well. to get. The, mm. Get the team shape. Yeah, he um he was. I thought he was. I thought he was awful though. Actually, like but in terms football, of in that, yeah. no, you're in terms right. Of you're the right. organizing organizing leadership job that he had to do, didn't he? Yeah. So there you go. It is what it is, and it's a two-two draw. And I think we've got through that fairly um sort of objectively, haven't we? And on the other side of this, we'll go into the rest of the weekend's um action. But first, a word from our sponsors at Innovation. 
Labs. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Follow. You'll have plenty of chance, guys, to have your say on the um, game at the weekend in the question segment. So I'm sure we'll come back around to that. But first of all, we will just do a couple of quick um, notes. Um, ITFC women track the girls into the fourth round of the Women's FA Cup after a strong team performance and an excellent win over championship side Lewis. Uh, Kira Robertson scored a worldie, her first for town is that a first goal or a first worldie rich first um, goal. Just, yeah, to set the blues um start as you mean to go on on the way lena gunning williams and ruby doe added goals either side of half time to help town secure a home tight against another championship side charlton um we are still doing the christmas giveaway which is ramping up you can have a look at our socials to see um what you can um what you can win there i think we're on to the second tier of it now so um, if people keep getting involved over on the socials, an Ipswich Township will be given away. And by the way, Lucy O'Brien, congratulations. We sponsor her through the podcast, made her 50th appearance for the Ipswich Town women today. Right, um, let's dive in to the rest of the action in the championship. And I'm sure one particular result will be picked out by the guys, but I'll rattle through and you can um, pick out uh, whatever you see fit. Uh, so it was Bristol City 1, uh, Sunderland 0, Hull 3, Cardiff 0, uh, Hull into 6th, and looking like they're going to be there. Um, at a new halfway contract point. for Liam Rossinia. And indeed, a new contract for Liam Rossinia. Leeds 1, Coventry 1 was a big bonus. Um, yeah, we could have gone down to um, 8 points, couldn't we? And then... Um, and then with the head-to-head coming up, that could have been problematic. Leeds, uh, one point in the last two games. Millwall, one. Huddersfield, one down at the bottom. Uh, Plymouth, three. Rotherham, two. Rock bottom, now Rotherham. We said we thought uh, Watford were quite good on Tuesday, didn't we, Dave? Preston, one. Watford, five. Worth great goal by Will Keane, actually, in that. That is the real quiz. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, one. QPR, two. Southampton, four. 
Blackburn, sorry, what did it say, Joe? You said Sheffield Wednesday 1, QPR 2, but it was... My bad. Sheffield Wednesday 2, QPR 1, thank you. Um, Southampton 4, Blackburn 0. Certainly um, the most uh, sort of happy team, I think, in the top four until Leicester play tomorrow night, maybe, was Saints. They are 14 undefeated. Swansea 1, Middlesbrough 2, and another playoff team today. Not in... Uh, such good form as when they gave us a bit of schooling, but it was West Brom 1, Stoke 1. David Diamond, who would you like to pick out from the Championship weekend action? Yeah, I mean, you said Southampton, probably Leicester would be quite pleased about those um, set of, well, um, certainly those two results there, um, as they've got Birmingham away tomorrow. And then, um, unfortunately, when we're, um, when we're going toe-to-toe with Leeds, I think they've got Rotherham at home. <laughs> so um yeah it's just just it yeah i mean the leeds one was um i was watching um you know the old gillette gillette soccer gillette soccer on sky and um yeah you know leeds you expected them leeds i think somerville scored 66 or something like that and or something like that just out oh, maybe a bit sooner than that perhaps it's been commentary equalized and you think oh yeah here we go they're gonna go on they should expect go on to win comfortably and then sort of i think it went for a break came back and i said hang on did that say one one and um Fair play held on. I saw the highlights last night. Dan James missed an absolute sitter right near the end, about three yards out, just somehow put it wide. Um, yeah, you know, if we, I think we all said before this eight games, didn't we? Um, the hateful eight, Dave, as I've branded hateful eight. Now. I think me and you went for 12. Joe Welsh, he went for Oh, 21. Joe went for bloody 21. I think I went for about 18 or 17, did I, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Pretty Me and you went reserved. for twelve, and we're now on we're now on thirteen. So we've we've achieved <laughs> we've achieved something there. Um, and I think if you'd have said you know coming up to this Leeds game that we would be ten points ahead of Leeds in second, I think yeah we'd have been all very very gleeful. So despite the narrative and the you know the three games in the week, the seven points, um, yeah, in an ideal world you'd have liked the I don't know a win at Borough, a draw at Watford, and a win yesterday. But look, we'll take them as however they come. So yeah, that was a um, yeah, that was a bit of a, a bit of a shock result there. And Leeds must be feeling a little bit like um, we were with Sheffield at times with Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth, you know. Agreed. I think Daniel Farker said exactly the same. I listened to a bit of his pre-match that they were virtually at two points per game, um, Joe. But listen, we'll, we'll talk about Leeds a bit more um, in a little bit. Um, guys in the chat, just as Joe is getting his views in on the, the round 22 results, if you want to get your questions in and you want to take us back to the Norwich game, uh, please do. I am going to try and avoid uh, anything that goes into the bracket I was talking about at the top of the um, show. So, um, Joe, what was your what was your take on the round 22 results? Yeah, just... Um sort of similar to Dave really just a, we're almost in a four team league at the moment aren't we now just with Leeds Leicester and Southampton and like I said we've got such a big gap and when we talked about this eight game run we've extended our lead at the top sort of in second place since the start of this run which is incredible really and we're not we're not going anywhere this season are we we are there to stay and I like I say we'll, we'll know even more by the end of next week or sort of by yeah. Or end of next Tuesday, we'll we'll see where we are. But we look like well, we we are the real deal, aren't we? Yeah, I hope that to be the case. Right, um, get your questions in. Stick a Q in before it and a question mark after. As you're very well trained, you lot. <laughs> Carnival Nation. We're going to answer that when we talk about leads in terms of the back four. Then, so we will go 
Norman always upholds the standards of good questioning, doesn't he, Dave? Um, last season, Plymouth's easier running contributed to them finishing as champions. How does the run-in um, compare across the top four sides? I've had a look, Dave. I believe Southampton have all three sides to play in the last 10. And I think I'm right in saying, if someone checks me in the chat, it's Leeds Southampton round 46, Dave, possibly. Ouch. And we've got we've got <laughs> South third place. And we've <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. And so after after yeah, the next few weeks, we'll only have Southampton at home to play. Well, I'd say sorry, disrespect to anyone else, but of the top four, we'll only have Southampton at home to play, won't we? Which is when? Is that April? Or sooner um, than I'm, that. Let me just bring I'll bring it up on another screen because it is worth doing this kind of um, yeah, 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 yeah. long term long term look to know it. Uh so after we get Leicester out of the way in January, mm. um, there's Sunderland at home. It would be interesting to see who the Sunderland manager is at mm. that point. Um, then it does look all right. I'm scrolling down. I'm not seeing stuff that's massively terrifying. Then, though, Dave, um, you're right. April, Easter, Southampton, Norwich, Watford, Middlesbrough, Coventry, Hull. So April um, doesn't look. um, To be honest, it's quite it's quite a tricky run in. But um, Joe, perhaps that uh, sort of February period is where you can maybe maybe put the hammer down and um, you know those. uh, We've been there before. Um, I always remember Bradford. I used to look every week. Paul Jules Bradford (laughs) just kept kept themselves at arm's length, didn't they, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, and that that run, you look at sort of like about an eight-game stretch there and you think, really, the toughest couple of games are, well, the the hardest teams, they're they're all at home. And it looks like a run where you could go on a sort of run where we've been on, where you win six or seven out of eight there, doesn't it? And if if we have another run like that this season, you've got to get promoted, aren't you? If if you have another seven, seven wins in nine games, you've got the other sort of basically 18 games or or 15 games to pick up about 15 points basically <laughs> and this is the um this is the standard we haven't actually do you know what? Yeah. we haven't put the table up yet we we will um do that uh joe says rob how do we resolve our conceding goals issues as we're a mid-table team in the goals against column i don't necessarily agree with your premise there rob i don't think you can be a mid-table team in the goals against column because Obviously, the goals for column has to work yeah. in, but I'm being very pedantic, and I take your point um, there. Surely, Joe, it's uh, it's just a balanced thing, isn't it? And that we're so attacking that um, you're going to concede. But uh, maybe Rob is right that we could be doing a bit better. Yeah, I, I think maybe set pieces haven't been defended as well this season, and I think we've got away with it a little bit up until now. But generally, the the way we play, we play very attacking. Like our left back is a left forward for a lot of the games and we we go man for man at the back and you rely on those winning their challenges making their chances and I think we have been a bit unlucky with sort of some of the goals we can see like yesterday sort of two two goals that very easily could have not not gone in sort of not happened potentially both were offside and stuff so I I don't think it's too bad because we can we can keep clean sheets and defend well when we when we try to but we we set ourselves up in a different effectively style to do that away from home as opposed to at home yeah i'm almost with when you concede from a long throw i'm almost like anyone can concede from a long throw Mm. can't they it's just concentration and you know if um if enough of them get bunged in uh gary 
Dave, did the three subs on 90 give us a chance of a winner or did it disrupt the team and confirm the, oh, the draw? Yeah, I think I just don't think, well, you know, in those last 10 minutes or even even after, yeah, 10 minutes, certainly since we made the subs, we didn't really, well, other than the broad edge chance and the save, we didn't really create a lot, did we? So I don't think they had, yeah, I don't think they had any any really impact. I don't think it totally disrupted the team too much, I don't think. Yeah, I think he's probably got a point, probably just did confirm the draw. Yeah. Um, Neil. Uh, I think we're talking about Alan Nixon's... Who's he with, Joe? Is it The Sun? Yes. Yeah, The um, Sun. Alan mm. Nixon from The Sun today, um, I think it was on his Patreon, um, quoting a £3 million, 15 grand a week budget for um, a striker, which seems uh, terribly specific. And um, unfortunately, as much as that would be life-changing money for all of us doing this podcast and most people <laughs> listening... Um, doesn't actually get you that much at the top end of the championship, does it, Joe? No, unless you can sort of unearth a George Hurst again from somewhere else. It, I'd say you look what three million has brought teams around us in the league, and it's it's not a huge amount. But I'd say there's a few questions about transfers in there, and it's just the January approach. But I just don't see that we don't really attack this window in January because we are in such a strong position that however how many other times are you going to be 10 points ahead of third place going into the January window, just needing to do what you need to do to get over the line. Kieran, Kieran McKenna should be writing a shopping list and Mark Ashton should be going out there and delivering it for him because this is we're never going to have a better chance than to get promoted than we do this season. Some, someone said in that Telegram chat, so what, 3 million, 15k a week? That's probably Colby, Colby Bishop, Bishop, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's someone of that sort of level. Jamal, Jamal Lowe, maybe? I quite like him. I do, yeah. Um Everyone, the problem is, we said it at the live show, everyone's looking for Marcus Stewart, though, aren't they? They want that They want that magic signing that just makes the difference, you know. But obviously, Marcus Stewart did get us over the line, but he wasn't really a great signing in that in that promotion running, did he? He didn't, he scored in his first two games. He didn't score for about 12 or 13 games after that. No, he obviously he did the important the thing. In the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, obviously did the most important thing in the playoffs and was brilliant in the Premier League. So I'm not sort of saying he wasn't a good signer, but it's not like he came in for a massive fee, scored us 12 goals and pushed us up. It was it almost disrupted the team more than it pushed us on. Arguably, sort of signer like Rooster actually got us over the line, didn't it? So, you know, mm-hmm. someone like him, you know, a crucial goal he scores against Fulham, goals like that. But that two and a half million we spent on Marcus Stewart then, that's 15 million now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that was, that. I guess that would have been a club record Um mm back then wouldn't it so yeah um yeah amen to that um we talked about this a bit chris how important will the missing players in january be for the top four sides in comparison and you're talking about obviously um morsi for us being the big one now, morsi's uh, not going to go though is he it's going to be luongo and burgess okay and wilf and didi um kelechi inacho for leicester and didi's very good but let's so well Stopped, aren't they? Uh, for Southampton, um, Suleimana. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Honestly, um, I, I I don't think it's a massive deal for any of them. I I have to say, and um, anyone could lose a really vital player to injury at any point. Anyway, and that's saying Adam Armstrong for Southampton or a Dewsbury Hall for Leicester or well. Leeds have got about 17 forwards, but um, I know say Leeds have lost Byron as we'll we'll go on to talk about if Leeds lost the centre back, for example. So mm. um yeah, I, 
I think it's one of those things. I think because everyone knows it's definitely going to happen. I think people, um, I'm not saying Chris is fixating on it, but people uh, sort of fixate um, on that. Wasn't there a big concern about Morsi that I read that Alteta was saying that Elmeni's picked up an injury, a hamstring injury or something? Yeah, but it, it does just seem that Morsi's just a way down the list with Egypt. Because he, was, he, was called, he was called up to the sort of the preliminary squad all those times. He once he then once got into the main squad, played a few minutes and then has not got into it. And you'd imagine the friendly squads are bigger squads than the tournament squad by probably three or four players. And he's, he can't even get to that. So they've obviously got some... Maybe we should just go and scout the e Egypt national side because they must have some cracking <laughs> central midfielders who are keeping Sam Morsi out of the team. Um, do you, do you know what? Honestly, I thought yesterday might have been his best game of the season. I thought, I thought it was thought just great. He was outstanding yesterday. And do you know what, Christ as well, almighty. Dave, talking to Jack on Talk yeah. Norwich City yeah, from the that. outside view, mm. they everyone thinks he's um, this kind of Pirlo-type perfect midfielder. Kieran McKenna has turned him from basically a championship, you know, a, how he's so revered from people. Outstanding. Did Jack, did Jack say that? Did Jack say he was I, just oh, he was head the and shoulders? Who, Head and shoulders. Yeah, he was, it wasn't yeah, Lee Davis or Broadhead. Oh, or no, I, I, I spoke to a Middlesbrough fan last week, and his view was the same. He he just said like he was the head and shoulders best player on the pitch, and yeah. he he when he was at Middlesbrough, he never thought he'd, he he always liked him when he was at Middlesbrough. But he said he never thought in a million years he'd be as good as he is now. Like I say, it's coaching and it's responsibility, learning. It's, yeah. it's him. He's got to give him so so much credit for taking on that coaching. And it's funny because Paul Cook had. Lee Evans and Sam Moyes as a midfield pairing at Wigan, Wigan for probably 100 games together. They came in and within a week of being here, Kieran McKenna just switched their roles around straight away and it just worked yeah. instantly. And it's like Paul Cook had those players for 100 games, like three, yeah. four seasons, and McKenna seen something straight away and turned Moyes into, well, just the absolute Boss. heartbeat <laughs> of our team, isn't it? He is. Yeah. 100%. Um, let's give the Hobbs 89 some credit because I think he said he's a Norwich fan, behaving very, very well. Um, in the chat, come to join us today. Um, who do you make your favourites for fifth and sixth? Um, assuming top four cemented. Um, I think this raises another question, Dave, as Joe pointed out about a kind of four team, you know, sort of unit yeah, yeah. top there. There's a drop off after the top four, isn't there? But um, yeah, I mean, I'll be very interesting to... to see Sunderland get in, won't it? Yeah. It, it will. Sunderland. They're getting in. Um... Michael Beale, Beale, is it? Michael is that Beale, yeah. going to happen? Yeah, it's, it was, yeah, it's good so. as a done deal. Yeah. He was at the game well, yesterday. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very inconsistent. Aren't they? I mean, West Brom, after I saw West Brom play us, what, three weeks ago now, they're I tremendous, thought, weren't yeah, they? they looked the real deal and yeah, absolutely bullied us, didn't they? And I really thought, you know, yeah, they would be pushing for that top four. But again, look at the run since then. Really, really inconsistent. So um, I had Middlesbrough there as well. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd yeah. say West Brom and Sunderland would be my two. Yeah, I, I, I think West. I think West Brom. Um, Huller hanging around. I mean, what? And also, I was just going to say, Dave. Don't you think, Mister Illichali, if he's anywhere near the playoffs, that Hull is going to spend a load of money in yeah. January? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I thought they looked very ordinary against us, but yeah, yeah. And and as we said the other night, I was quite impressed with. Certainly, a few of the individuals that Watford had, and obviously Preston are in a terrible run. I mean, they turned them over royally yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see where Watford are come, you know, over Christmas and next sort of three or four games. They look, I thought they looked pretty good. Uh, let's have a look. Sorry, I've just scrolled down. Uh, here's an interesting question Moby, 
Uh, Joe, are we making too much of Flagkey's distribution? Would Walton keep the goals tally down in terms of improving that defensive rate? It's a fair question. I don't think so, no, because when you look at the sort of goals prevented stats, I think Hladke's the top of the league for that. And whilst Walton got himself into a better position over that incredible run last season, at the end of it, sort of up until sort of the midpoint of the season, he was quite far down that. He was sort of below where he should be. And I, I don't know. I, I just think Hladke's been so good. And like I say, it's, it's incredible because if you'd have said to any Ipswich fan at the start of the season, Christian Walton's going to start the next, 200 game for your club everyone would have said brilliant yep great because he's <laughs> such a good keeper and doing that but now you'd almost be gutted even the starting lineup wouldn't you because of how good Hladke's been well not just that do you think of the reaction we all had um you know in that week or two weeks well the week was it the week leading up to the new season when he said he's out for yeah two there, months there was, I mean there was people saying oh we should go out and sign in a, a yeah. keeper and let's face it look the first two first two names on the team sheet at the beginning of this season is more was Morsey and Walton without a doubt, and now arguably it's Morsey. It is it's Morsey and Hackey, isn't it? Nathan Broadhead, um, <laughs> Martin. Uh, thinking back to last January, were the four players um, who did sign linked to us at this stage, or did they come out of the blue? Well, Luongo was kind of training with us. We knew that was going to happen. They were a bit out of the blue, Dave, weren't they? But we had so much more power um, as the richest league one club than, than yeah, we the... did i think i think broadhead perhaps came slightly out of the blue didn't it? i don't think it was any secret we'd been chased we'd chased george hurst um obviously harry clark local lad so again no great well i say local lad but yeah but maybe you know great surprise there but broadhead was one I, I didn't hear any talk about him did you can you recall that joe i can't I think yeah, only Jones came out know on that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it came out in the papers, didn't it? That one a, f- a bit before Did we he? signed him. But to be okay. to be fair to him, I'd imagine he probably wanted to sign for Sunderland rather than us. So was trying to yeah. get get that linked. His eight, I'd, I'd imagine his side were trying to get that out in the press to try and flush out any Championship interest rather than yeah. dropping to League One, which is understandable. But obviously, he's dropped down and is now higher than he would have been. He's gone there, so the move yeah, worked out brilliantly yeah. for him. But yeah, that was sort of out of the blue, but. I think leaked probably by his camp. Harry Clark was probably only leaked because he seems to know half of it, which that was sort of where yeah. that story was coming <laughs> yeah. from. And, um, but yeah, no, they were all, let's say George, as you said, George Hurst, we chased and chased, didn't we, in the in the previous window. So I wonder if there's any ones that we go back in for like that. So you're talking a uh, Raksaki, maybe, a Colby mm. Bishop, I think we've been in for where before. He's still at Palace, isn't he? Palace He's not playing that. much. Yeah, he didn't figure yesterday, did he? I don't think. I don't know if he was on the bench, but he didn't figure, I don't think. There you go. Um, Rich and Jacob, who did this in the summer, are drawing up a list of um, targets. So we'll do one of our um, transfer videos. Um, finally, um, and then we'll go in to talk about Leeds and have a bit more of a look ahead. Where was that last question I was going to put? Up? There we go. Um, Joe, would promotion this season eclipse Burley 2000? I work with a lot of town fans in Norwich, so genuinely curious, of course, it would, Joe, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Like I say, we are we are a League One promoter team. There's only been one promoter team from League One finishing the top half for something like 10 seasons. If we were to go and win the league and to win or to get promoted automatically, we're going to be needing to get 90 plus points. So it's not like a season where you've got 84 and you've 
managed to get over the line. It's going to be a big points tally to get up this year. So, yeah, it would be an incredible. And I just think the Premier League is just so much bigger now, isn't it? And like, I noticed with sort of having young children, it's just like FIFA, EAFC, fading cards. The Premier League is just so big and we've got to be part of it. And once you get in it once, you're then in such a good position with a parachute payment from that point onwards. I don't forget Burley's team had, what, three or four goals at the playoffs leading up to that, hadn't they? Yeah, to build that pattern of play. And, mm. you know, as George used to say himself and probably did in Craig's interview with him as well, um, by the time we got to the Premier League, we'd won a hell of a lot of games, I remember him saying. They knew knew how to win it uh, at that point, didn't they? Um, so the fun does not stop here, does it? It's now um, this huge, gigantic head-to-head between ourselves and um, Leeds. Let me just bring the table up, even though you all know it's a 10-point gap. But this is the way that it looks, he says. Um, 52 plays 42 going into the halfway mark. So if we lose to Leeds at the halfway point, we are still guaranteed a seven-point uh, automatic <laughs> can't believe after years I've just had a moment I can't believe after years of doing this podcast that I've just said at the halfway mark a fucking seven point excuse my language sorry seven point automatic promotion gap so I just got to demonetize I'm going to be in trouble in the WhatsApp group now but I don't care unbelievable a draw um and it guarantees a 10 point lead over Leeds obviously Southampton uh, look to be playing QPR um, which they would be heavy favourites to win. A win against Leeds at the halfway park, halfway mark, excuse me, having played them twice, would then put a 13-point a lead oh. in over the Ellen Road team with 23 games to play. Um, Dave, we can admit that we like Daniel Farkin now. He's not Norwich manager anymore. Produced some fantastic football at Norwich, didn't he? Um, Leeds have been in very good form. Um, I did mention their week at fullback and have scored one point in two games since Sam Byram went out mm. injured. Dave, the front four of Somerville, uh, James, Rutter, and Pirro have 49 goal contributions combined, so it is so blindingly obvious what the strength of these this Leeds United team is. And this is a hell of a game, Dave, isn't it? It's a hell of a game. I mean, look, we spoke a lot about pressure, didn't we, in leading up to the, the game this week, you know, the derby. All the pressure's on them, isn't it? All the pressure's on them, surely. They've got to. You know, really, they've got to win that game. They have got to win that game. Um so, you know, we can... It's, it's just such a nice position. It's, it's, I think we said after the... Um, well, certainly, perhaps after yesterday and how the how the results ultimately panned out yesterday, that yeah, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the Leicester game following hard on the heels of it, it'd almost be a free hit for us. Honestly, it really would. So you know, you'd think the pressure really is on Leeds. They have got to get a result there. Um, and I agree with um, I agree with the comment there that a, a draw would be an absolute fantastic. And um, whether we'd celebrate it. <laughs> As long Stop as, <laughs> but um, but but look, yeah, I think I certainly, I think I certainly would. So um, 
yeah, yeah. Let, let's go there. You, you know, you know, we've got a whole, you know, we've got a whole week to whole week to set up for it. Um, yeah, it's going to be an absolute cracker, isn't it? I'm really looking forward to it. It's weird, Joe, isn't it? I agree with Dave. The Leicester game's almost an afterthought, isn't it? You have to just throw everything <laughs> at this game, don't you? Yeah, and it's well, it is the bigger game of the two, isn't it? Because ultimately, they're the team that are trying to chase us, but. Yeah, the results yesterday just have piled the pressure on Leeds for that one, haven't they? We yeah. we we've got that. We go there with nothing to lose now because ultimately, even if we do lose, and it's we're still seven points ahead of them, aren't we? It's yeah. still a. It, they, it might feel a big win to them, but it's, it, I don't think it even knock us off our stride if we go there and lose. We're just in a such a good such a good position, and I say there's so much pressure on them. But like the sort of famous Mick McCarthy, you wouldn't even get on the bus if you could get us, get yourself a point up there, would you? I do agree with that. Get yeah, off the bus. Get off the bus. Keep that lead intact. Um, Dave, we've got a few questions. Um, I think it's me and Rich on the preview on Thursday night. We've already had a few questions about the um the lineup and whether you whether you tweak anything. Um would be unchanged, Dave. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. I saw someone to comment there. I wouldn't be surprised to perhaps see Twins A B play, maybe. I don't know. He seems to be sort of rotating his centre-backs um, fairly, fairly often now. I'm certainly with an eye again, as we all know, that Burgess is going to be disappearing in um, disappearing in January. So wouldn't be surprised with that. Other than that, I think the team pretty, with, you know, everyone fit. No, I think the team pretty much picks itself other than that. I think I thought Clark was very good yesterday. You know, considering we're, we all said about, you know, the Williams-Clark, are they both walking red cards? Um, I thought, Clark was Clark was very good yesterday, so yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, he'll certainly keep his place. So the only the only thing I can possibly see is is perhaps Twens AB getting a start. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Harness. I don't know, don't know, but yeah, wouldn't surprise me if that was the only change. Yeah, what we, is your, we, we tend what to is your um, take, we tend to make the changes for the midweek games effectively, don't you? So I'd imagine we'd go Saturday with the. Point. The A team, so to speak, and then make the three or four changes for the Leicester game on the Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, but some players against Leicester for good. Yeah, that's what and I was then, thinking. Yeah, then back yeah. to that team for the 29th and then swap again for the Stoke game on the Easter. Yeah, maybe. I think. I'd, yeah. I'd imagine that's what we'll see. But there's going to be a few players in there that play off. But I'd imagine maybe Luongo sort of out for Taylor. He tends to be the one that misses when there's three games in a week. Tuan Zabi will probably come in for Wolfenden in there. And then maybe a Harness or a Hutchinson will get a start as well. But yeah, I imagine we're going to be sort of keeping the same team for next Saturday. I don't really see any reason to change it. Fantastic stuff. Um, and we will be all over that on Thursday night. We'll be talking in far more detail about yeah, a very um, exciting match, a very exciting Leeds front four, a very familiar opponent in the dugout as well. Uh, let's just wrap this thing up then, Dave. We're in the hateful eight. We're six games in with 13 points. We're coming into Christmas. Um, there is a sense of disappointment that we didn't beat Norwich, but um, this is brilliant. You will never work in a place like this again. No, I think it, I think you're spot on, Ben. Absolutely, absolutely right. And um, you know, if we can, I think we said at the start, if and I mean, you said twelve, Joe said sixteen, whatever he said. If we can come out of these games, if we can come out of these eight games with an average and two points a game, it would just be unbelievable. Really, really incredible. So, 
yeah, I think let's go to Leeds. Let's give it a go. Um, yeah, I'm so looking forward to this one. Do, do you know what? I wasn't really looking forward. I think I've, I've seen a lot of this on our Telegram chat and stuff like that. I wasn't really looking forward to yesterday's games. It's so much hype. There's so much on it, isn't it? Um, and I'm almost glad it's, it, it's like almost glad it's because you'd like to win, but I'm almost glad it's out of the way. We didn't lose. We got a point. We haven't lost any ground to Leeds. Bring it on next Saturday. Joe? Yeah, I think across the next two games, if you can get either two, three or four points, I think you'd be delighted. Obviously six as well. well, well Maybe Joe, more, but if, if you Joe, can get two, three or four. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. To Dave's point, one win from those two games is your 16 from the eight, isn't it? Carry yeah, on, sorry. And, and that's incredible. And when you when we looked at that run, everyone would have bit your hand off for 16 from that eight. Even like I say, if you, if you get two, if you draw both those games, you get 15 points. I think you'd be delighted with that as well because at worst you're going to be sort of eight points ahead of second aren't you at that uh, ahead of third at that point now so I just think it will be no just just great to see if we can just finish well just go through the next two games as well as we have the last six well and then look QPR and Stoke in the next two are, uh, and we're starting to come around for the second set of fixtures the two teams we've already beaten but are both going to have different managers than when we beat them earlier in the season but we're going to be saying that for a lot of championship teams this um, run-in. Can I already use the word run-in? Um, guys, thank you, everybody, for joining us live. Thank you for listening after the fact. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I did have a bit of a headache coming in with all of this, you know, throwing a pair of shoes over the over the office and, oh, they celebrated too hard. Oh, 14 years, blah, 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 bigger picture. Nobody won, lads. It was a draw. And as Dave says, let's shake hands and move on from that particular, I want to say circus, but it is a, a little bit with the local derby. And they can host the next one and all of all of that can um, can go up the road to, um, to Caro Road. Um, guys, thank you so, so much. Last word from you, Dave. Um, just a quick shout out to my good friend and friend of the pod, um, Mark Wall, who's... Um, who, who was um, modelling the Blue Monday? He was um, indeed. Yeah, I popped, that we him sent him. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Bless him. I popped around to see him on Friday, and I heard he went in the hospital today. So, Mark, hope hope all's well, and hope you're uh, you know out and about in time for Christmas. Amazing stuff. Um, Joe, last word from you. Yeah, if you want to see the real winners yesterday, just look at the league table. <laughs> He's waited fifty nine minutes to get that in, um, and I will say thank you all for watching. We're going to see you on. Thursday for the preview show. And if you don't tune into that for the first time, we'll say this year, happy bloody Christmas to you. This has been a Blue Monday podcast. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.